Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. Off of a riveting discussion of Fritos, Taco Soup, and Nick Sirianni's recipes when he's not coached the Eagles. We'll get back to all that. Right now, though, let's get to the guest line here. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, joining us. Talk about the Eagles heading in as the number one seed and wild card weekend around the NFL. Brad, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How you doing? We're doing well. I guess we'll start off with this before we go any further. I'm just curious. Have you ever had taco soup? And I don't mean chicken tortilla soup, because today Nick Sirianni was kind of uh, trying to describe how he'll watch film and then he'll make adjustments. And for some reason, he went into a thing about how he'll change his taco soup recipe when his kids complain. Have you ever had taco soup? I'm glad I got the opportunity to address this when you mentioned it, because I just watched the video on Twitter like five minutes ago. I have had taco soup. Uh, it's, it's solid, and I, I agree. Fritos are a key ingredient or a key extra to get into the equation. So I've never had it. Like, is it almost like chili? Is is that kind of the the kind of the way it would kind of come out? It's like a, a between like a chili and almost like a warm gazpacho. I guess is the best way I would put it. It's not quite as thick as chili, at least in my experience. Okay, well, I'm, I'm glad we cleared that up, and we have someone with, with some <laughs> taco soup experience here. All right, Brad, let's talk about the Eagles. They go in, they clinch the number one seed finally uh, on Sunday against the Giants. Um, what did you take from it? Because the one thing that I noticed pretty early on is while Jalen Hurts was healthy enough to play, he didn't play like himself. It was the first time in his NFL career as a starter where he had zero designed runs called for him. Like, he didn't run the ball at all as a runner. He just scrambled around a little bit and slid. Um, it's probably just protecting him, but it was interesting to watch a, a very limited game plan with Jalen Hurts. What did you take away from the game? Yeah, I was actually fortunate enough to be in the link for the game. So, uh, first, first time experience for me, which is cool. So, yeah, you mentioned the no design runs, which I think makes sense. Obviously, Miles Sanders kind of got phased out in the second half as well. But I think the scrambles were key. He looked like he had some good bursts in the scrambles, was able to get the edge, get out of bounds, not take a hit. So, I think that was key. And I think, like you said, a little bit rusty. But, I mean, the opening game slant to A.J. Brown, the deep ball to A.J. Brown a couple plays later. He made a couple nice throws. you got to get that rust off. It has been a while. But... I think that's why it was key that he played. Of course, with the bye now coming up, I think you should take away positives of, look, maybe some missed throws, maybe some you know, not recognizing things or not seeing things clearly, but I think his feet got under him as the game went on, and those reps are going to make a difference come playoff. Brad, um, when you look forward here with the Eagles as, as we go towards the division round, they could play one of four teams here, the uh, Seahawks, Giants, Bucks, or Cowboys. Of those four teams – 
which of the four matchups you think would be the most advantageous to them and which one you think would be the most challenging to play next weekend? Hmm. I'd probably go with the Seattle Seahawks just because their run defense is really, really bad. Uh, 25th in EPA per play allowed, and then they lost Jordan Brooks, a former first-round pick linebacker who's become a really good player, particularly against the run. He's going to be out for the playoffs, I believe out for the entire year at this point. And so the run defense is going to be even worse. And so if you can get a couple plays early, try to pick on those young corners. Obviously, Tariq Woolen's been great. But, you know, come playoff time, pick on some of those young corners, get some big shots to A.J. Brown. If you get an early lead on them, I think you can lean on the run game and just make it impossible for them to come back. And the other side, how about the team you think would be most difficult? I mean, if chalk holds, it's going to be the Dallas and, uh, and Tampa winner. Of the four teams potentially they play, or the three you haven't mentioned, who do you think would be the most challenging matchup next weekend? I think you'd have to go with Dallas. Obviously, there's a lot of, you know, uh, they, they know each other very well. But I think with Lane Johnson, he probably should be playing this game. But I don't think he's going to be 100% with that core muscle injury. I'm sure they'll shoot him up and he'll, he'll try to mitigate the pain as much as possible. But obviously, with this pass rush against maybe a less than 100% Lane Johnson, you have some concern there. And then with Devontae Maddox going down, you know, CeeDee Lamb operates out of the slot for most of his reps. Obviously, a phenomenal player there. And, yeah, you know, you saw a little bit of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson going back in the slot on a couple key third downs against the Giants. I think they're trying to, you know, get him ready for potentially playing some important snaps there come playoff time. But I think that one is, is probably the most scary uh, of those four teams. So you mentioned the coaching there. You know, Jonathan Gannon, obviously defensive coordinator, who, who moved uh, Gardner-Johnson into the slot a little bit and he was kind of rotating between the slot and, and safety on Sunday. So both Eagles coordinators here, Brad, uh, Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen are, are both candidates and, and been requested for interviews for head coaching jobs. We were discussing, I'm curious where you land on this, you know, in a perfect world, let's just say hypothetical world here, the Eagles could have one of them where they protect. They say, well, he's, we're not allowing him to leave, but the other one then goes basically choosing one to stay one to go. Um, of the two of them, who do you think is more important for the Eagles to get lucky and retain here? I mean, there's a chance both are gone, both become head coaches. Um, but of the two of them, for the long term here for the Eagles, which one do you think if they could choose they'd rather keep for next season? I think I would go with Shane Steichen, which maybe you know is an unorthodox answer because obviously the head coach is an offensive mind. But I think he, you know Nick Sirianni has been so benefited by not having as many game day responsibilities by giving Shane Steichen, you know, a lot more duties on actual game day. And I think both guys are great. My understanding in talking with some folks in Philadelphia is that Gannon is, he's kind of that head coach guy that comes in all rah-rah. He fires the guys up. He's, he's a total leader and, and, like, has that head coach material, whereas Steichen's kind of more of a quiet guy, still, you know, a jovial guy, a fun guy that people like. But, you know, he's more about just dig, digging into the weeds and, 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 and crushing film and, and just diving deep. So, I think keeping the continuity there, obviously, look, not only Jalen Hurts, he also was there for Justin Herbert's rookie season and obviously did great things. I think he is going to become a head coach eventually, and you know, he was getting better as the season went, goes on. But I, I think they'll be able to replace Gannon. I, I'm a fan of Gannon, but, you know, there, there are some, some issues with that defense. They could be a little bit better. So I think maybe you're able to find a defensive coordinator, maybe even a veteran, you know, go with a wily older guy that, that just comes in and, and maybe you know, maybe to elevate the floor a little bit and, and continues, 
you know, the good defensive play with maybe, you know, getting a little bit better against the run and things like that. So, Brad, uh, this year, Gannon, it's interesting. This town has never really gravitated towards him because his style is more passive, and there's been a lot of coordinators here in the past, maybe Jim Johnson, Buddy Ryan back in the day, who play more of an aggressive style. I mean, I think Gannon's is, is kind of with the times. This is the way you play in the NFL these days. You don't blitz 40% of the time. But that being said, um, the results on the pass rush have been remarkable this year. 70 sacks for the Eagles this year. I didn't see this coming. I mean, I thought they'd have a good pass rush, but I think they had less than 30 sacks last year. What do you equate this to? Is this just overwhelming talent, depth? I mean, he's not blitzing a lot. I mean, I think his scheme benefits them, but I'm not going to say Gannon's the reason they had seven. He just like I didn't think he was the reason they only had 29 last year. Why do you think they've been such a great pass rush this season? Yeah, you know, and I promise I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here or anything, but I was so fascinated coming into the season. I talked about it a bunch, how they really took a platoon approach to pass rush, right? We've seen across the league, you got edge rushers now making, you know, near $30 million a year. I'm sure a couple guys like Nick Bosa will be making $30 million a year in the near future. And they instead pivoted to let's load up and have literally four or five guys, both at edge and on the interior, especially once you sign, you know, those vets. And you can rotate bodies. And Brandon Graham playing less than 500 snaps, but getting his, his first 10-sack season of his entire career. All the other guys, Josh Sweat, really coming on as a really, really good player. So, frankly, I'd give the nod to Howie Roseman. I mean, the early extension for Josh Sweat saved you a ton of money. It enabled you to bring more guys in. You know, you kept Derek Barnett, who obviously missed you know the season with an injury. But I, I just think it's, a, it's something that I think other teams are going to emulate, where if you don't have one of those difference-making, game-wrecking guys, Instead of, just to throw out an example, you know, giving a Bradley Chubb, trading a first-round pick and giving $22 million a year to Bradley Chubb, who in my opinion is just not on that level. He's a good, not great player. Instead of doing that, you get a Hassan Riddick for $15 million a year, who also, you know, he's 235 pounds and his sweat looks like he's 270 out there. It's like, it's different body types. It causes opposing offensive lines that have to be prepared for speed, for power, for bend, for everything. And it's just impossible to stop all the different things they can throw at you. I think it was a phenomenal approach to roster construction from that standpoint. Yeah, and you hit it. I think you hit on there that you think this might become more of the norm, which which I, I agree with, Brett. It always kind of reminds me of in baseball, you see some teams, you know, they, they pay three or four guys. They have these superstars. But sometimes the offenses that have – Eight good hitters, you know, eight guys that are 15, 20% above average. They score more runs over the course of the season than a team that has, you know, three or four big hitters, but then three or four easy outs in the lineup. It, it feels like almost that thought process of we're going to have a solid pass rusher on the field at all moments. 100%. No, 100%. And I think, you know, other positions, I guess like receiver, you think about the Patriots, and I'm always trying to kind of just rotate, again, good, not great players, like you said. Um, but having a lot of them, right? And, and, of course, with depth, if you have injuries that are inevitable in this league, the, the drop-off, you know, you have DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona last year, he gets hurt. I mean, your offense is going to fall off a cliff, whereas you lose a guy that's kind of more of a mid-tier player. I mean, I mentioned Derek Barnett. Like, you lose him, you lose Josh Sweat for a couple games, and you can just you can overcome that much easier. So, yeah, I, I think it is going to be copied, and I think it's smart of them to kind of read the market, see where it's going, and – you know, say, hey, this position is getting out of control. Obviously, it's an important position and, and super impactful. Let's kind of, you know, zag when everyone else is zigging, and it definitely worked out for them. Yeah, that's the Eagles. It certainly has been their front office for a long time. But last one for you, Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. Two NFC playoff games this weekend, both with about three-point spreads. Giants-Vikings still a three, and I think we're a little under now. Dallas about two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, who do you like in each of those games, Giants-Vikings and, um, and the Cowboys and the Buccaneers on Monday? 
I like both underdogs in these matchups to win outright. Um, you know, with the Giants, it's just not a good matchup for Minnesota. They just played about a month ago. You know, it was a two-point game, 26-24 in Minnesota. And since that game, the Vikings lost right tackle Brian O'Neill, probably a top-five right tackle in the NFL. And then also just Kirk Cousins' kryptonite is interior pass rush. And Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams might be, you know, one of, if not the best, interior duos in the NFL right now. So I think this is a nightmare matchup. They'll get a Dory Jackson back who will help you know, keep Justin Jefferson from going crazy. He's obviously still going to get his, but I don't think it's a good matchup for the Minnesota Vikings. And then Tampa, I couldn't give you a metric or a a stat that points to why Tampa's going to win. You know, I know one thing is, you know, on grass this year, it slowed down the Cowboys' pass rush a bit as opposed to playing on turf. And then also Tom Brady leads the NFL with the fastest average time to throw at 2.3 seconds. The best way to mitigate a pass rush is to not let them even get home because the ball ball is out so quickly. So I like both dogs in those matchups. Brad, great stuff. Appreciate you hopping on and uh, enjoy Wild Card Weekend. Thank you. Thank you. There he goes, Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. A couple of interesting things there that Brad mentioned that I that that kind of struck me. One, he likes both underdogs to win outright. You know what that would set up? Giants Eagles next weekend in the divisional round, and it would also set up the Buccaneers at. The 49ers. I mean, I have I have thought for two and a half months that we are getting an Eagles Niners championship game in the NFC. If the matchups next weekend are Eagles Giants, and I know the Giants just played the Eagles hard, and the game wasn't totally out of the question, but I do expect a better Eagles team. You know, two weeks from now, man. I I mean that would it would just set up even further for me to believe we're getting the Eagles and the Niners in the NFC championship game. If it's the Giants against the Eagles. And it's the Bucks going to the Niners. I, I don't like the. I mean, I, I think the favorites are would be a significant advantage in those particular games. The other thing uh, that Brad mentioned there was the Eagles' approach to roster building when it came to the defensive line. So Javon Hargrave is a free agent, right? And, and Brad just went over why he thinks what the Eagles did this past offseason, how they diversified their pass rush. Right? We're going to have eight guys. We're not going to have one or two superstars. It really makes me think Javon Hargrave could be playing his final games as, as an Eagle because we've seen some projections he could get over $20 million a year in free agency. I just don't think the Eagles' philosophy lends to paying anyone that kind of money on the defensive line. Like, they got Redick at a, at a pretty, I'd say, manageable rate. What, $15 million for the kind of pass rusher he is? They signed up Sweat to a pretty similar contract. I find it hard to believe with what they've done here and how they've generated all these sacks that they're going to pay Javon Hargrave $20 million a year when, I mean, you have to think they hope Jordan Davis asserts himself more in the next couple of years, right? He's more of a player. And they also have two first-round picks to draft another defensive tackle, more, maybe more of a pass-rushing defensive tackle if they want to. I, I think just hearing the way Brad put that with the way they built this defensive line, I don't think the philosophy lends itself to paying anybody. $20 million a year on this defensive line. I, I I think we could be seeing his final games as an Eagle. Yeah, and it's funny because you look at the resources they've poured into that position, right? Fletcher Cox was a first-round pick. They signed Tim Jernigan to a big contract after trading a mm-hmm. third-round pick for him. Javon Hargrave got a big contract. Jordan Davis was a first-round pick. They still need more, right? Like I, I wouldn't be shocked if both Cox and Hargrave move on and – I don't know if this guy would fall to 10, and I don't know how much the Eagles prioritized fixing that position, but if you could package 10 and 32 and you could move up in the draft and draft a guy like Javon Carter who played next to Jordan Davis at the University of Georgia in college, 
I think that would be a perfect fit for the Eagles. You look at the success that this team has had, it's because of their interior pat or their interior pass rush, yep. right? Hargrave and Cox right now have combined for 18 sacks. I just don't know where you replace that, especially through the free agent market. Well, you probably don't. Uh, you'd have to you have to go through the draft. And it's funny, they have poured a lot of resources into the position, but they do it on their terms. They don't do it ridiculous contracts. Like the, what was the first Hargrave contract? Like three years, 36? It really turned out to be a steal. It, it's kind of like the, the Reddick deal. Did anyone did anyone get excited when they signed us on Reddick? Like, I mean, Temple, Temple alum, like talk. Like, I mean, but for the, I was on that day. I think I was filling in with Marks. And it was early in the offseason. There was still, like, I, I think some saw a disappointment. They didn't go get a big quarterback, right? They didn't They didn't get uh, Russell Wilson, which turned out to be a blessing in disguise. But, like, they, there wasn't, like, a party thrown when they got a son, right? Like, a difference-making pass rusher. He has been a difference-making pass rusher. I, I do think strength in numbers, and we saw this a little bit in, in 2017, too. Strength in numbers within the pass rush is obviously the way they want to build this thing. So I, I don't think they're going to pay anybody. A ridiculous amount of money. I mean, Brandon Graham, uh, you know, he's a free agent to be. And I think it's going to work out to where he wants to be here. He spent his whole career here. Home is here. I think he loves being an Eagle. And I think they'll be able to get him at probably a lesser number than his statistics say. I mean, I know Elliott's been banging the drum. He should be a um, comeback player of the year candidate based on the season he's had. I mean, Brandon Graham just set his career high in sacks at at an advanced age. It's it's remarkable at, at how... How many? Like, it's crazy how many sacks Brandon Graham had this year, considering the amount of snaps he had. Like, he had eleven. He finished with, I think. Yes, and he couldn't have played more than thirty-five percent, forty percent of the snaps. I mean, I'm just guessing, just based on the year. I mean, now we had games in the twenties, maybe upper forty or mid forties at the highest. There's no way Brandon Graham played more than fifty percent of the snaps this season. No way. He had a total of 294 pass rushing snaps this year. That, and he had 11 sacks? And that, he had 11 sacks. That's a crazy percentage. You know, He turned his opportunities into a, a big-time amount of sacks, and I think this is the way they want to do it. So I'm sure they'll keep pouring resources, whether it be draft picks or bodies and like having a bunch of players, but I don't think they're going to pay any of these guys $20 million. It just doesn't feel like the way they're going to build this thing. No, I mean – most of that money is going to go to Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen Hurts stands to make about a $40 million pay raise yep. this offseason. Well, that changes things for sure. Tom is in Northwest. Hey, Tom. That leads that leads me into my point. See, I, I think the Eagles are so successful with Howie doing his thing. And I think the model of a football team, I just saw something where the top, you know, Rodgers, kid from um, uh, Phoenix, mm-hmm. whatever you call it. Yeah, Murray. Uh, and, and go on and on. There was a couple, there was three others. And their total record was horrible because when you put, what, what's $40 million? Is that 20% of your salary? It's a little, a it's a little bit less, but it's, 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 it's not, it's not that much. It, no, it is. You're right. It's pretty heavy. And I think that precludes you from being able to go and so I, I said to your producer, I said, I thought Fletcher was done this year. So the money, I mean, he was on a $120 million deal. I mean, it's got to save you money. And I thought our grades, I read, I don't know, just say two weeks ago, that they were ready to sign him for 53 for three years. 
which isn't far off from your 20 a year. But, I mean, you, you, I, I'm not so sure you can just go. It's an unpopular opinion. And I love Jalen. But you get yourself boxed in when you go and you pay somebody $40 million a year. Well, you're not wrong. I, uh, I mean, Tom, I, I think – I, I, look, if you and I are realizing this, Tom, and you and I know the math, every GM in the NFL and I know does. They know it. But you know, they they're know scared. It. They're, I mean, they're all scared because if they lose the guy, finding another quarterback that could be close, right? Maybe not even as good, but just close. It's hard to do that, and then they're fired. Like I, ju- I think it's funny because the, they're they're smart. They have a lot of math guys that help them. When some of these GMs are math guys themselves, sure. But the fact that none of these teams is actually had the you know the stones to, to move on from a star quarterback the stones is, yeah exactly they're but, they're afraid you know you look you look at what ha- what's happening down in Baltimore that's that's a that's an explosion mm-hmm. that that's that's bad now you 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 get the stones now what about you know you got uh, the guy that they moved to safety that was hurt with the uh, I'm horrible with his name uh, they got him from uh, New Orleans. You know who it is. He was just, yeah. Yeah, Cha- Cha- Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Yeah, I mean, you have to keep him. You saw what the defense looked like when he wasn't in there. And I think Bradbury. I, I mean, I think, I don't know, it's very hard to say that I don't want Jalen, but I, I don't know that I want a $40 million quarterback because I know that what it does the remainder of the team. So again, I, I, yeah, Tom, it's a great point. It's Tom, it's a great point. We've, I mean, it's going to be a big topic this off season when they pay him. And Tom, we appreciate the phone call. And I, I, I didn't take that call as he didn't want Jalen to be here. It's just, it's, it's truth, right? And I, I want Jalen to be here, and I think he's going to be here. So, I think I'm right on this. There's always been, I've always seen a million articles on this. I think the highest, I, I, I think the highest percentage of the cap. A Super Bowl winning quarterback's taken up since the salary cap era started was thirteen point one percent. I believe that is is true. I, m- I might be off by a couple of percentage points here. So if that's the case, and we've had obviously a lot of quarterbacks in the last ten years in the rookie wage scale that have taken less, right? Where Jalen, I think Jalen Hurts like the fifty second highest paid quarterback. If the Eagles win the Super Bowl, it's I think like, it's fifty fourth. Right. So I mean, what what's his percentage of the cap? Like one percent? Like it's. So t- so I think tight. he's at like two point four million right now on a two hundred million dollar cap. Yeah. So like one percent, right? Like it's it's silly how how small his cap number is compared to the rest of the quarterbacks. So there's different ways to structure a contract, right? Like just because the Eagles give Jalen Hurts quote unquote forty five million dollars a year into the, after the season doesn't mean every year of the deal is going to be forty five, forty five, forty five, right? It's not like when Bryce Harper signs his deal, I think it's pretty flat, right? Bryce Harper's contract with the Phillies is like. $25 million a year, whatever the number is. They flatten it out. The Eagles don't have to do that. So there'll be waves of this that, that help them stay more competitive. I think Josh Allen, for an example, I don't think his money and the cap jumps until next year. So the Bills window, like they're, they're kind of in the, the sweet spot before his number jumps. So I just did the math. 13% of next year's cap I think is about $28 million. So if I had to guess... Jalen Hurts' cap hit next year, I bet the Eagles try to keep it at $28 million or less. But eventually, Tucker, those those hits will have to go up. Yeah, I just looked it up. Hurts is right now making 0.73% Woo! 
of the Eagles' salary. And if you want a comparison, Chase Daniel is right above him making .93 of the, what is he, San Diego, Los yeah. Angeles? Yeah, Los Angeles. He He's making a little bit more. But, yeah, I mean, it's something that always gets talked about as the ultimate cheat code, right, is having a quarterback mm-hmm. playing at a high level on a rookie contract, and no one ever really tries to exploit it. I thought five years ago, four years ago, the Eagles would be the team to do it. You know what I think has actually hurt them? How much they like Jalen Hurts. And you don't want to be the GM or you don't want to be the front office that lets that guy go away. Because even though there really isn't a precedent of high-priced quarterbacks going out and winning the Super Bowl, the easiest way to stay relevant and keep your job, quite frankly, in the NFL is to have a franchise quarterback, right? Is to have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, who you know no matter what, they're going to win 11 games every season. Yeah, I would love to. A team's going to do this eventually. I I don't know who it's going to be. I think this particular Eagles team, it's complicated because Jalen Hurts is their leader. It's going to take a team that has some stones, and maybe the quarterback is just kind of vanilla. Like, they don't love him, they don't hate him but they could just move on and the locker room won't revolt. Um, it, this is not the team, and this is it's just it's not the time. But I think the point is fair, that if they pay him too much, it's going to hurt them. I mean, that, that's just the way the salary cap works. 215-592-9494. It's how you hopper will come back. A longtime Eagle, speaking of popular, he, he kind of alluded or didn't shut down the idea that he could retire if this team wins it this year. We'll tell you who that was coming up. 215-592-9494. Are you worried about Jalen Hurts' shoulder? I am. I am worried. He didn't play like himself, didn't look like himself, didn't carry himself on the field like himself on Sunday. Are you worried about Jalen Hurts' shoulder as we head towards the postseason? I am. We'll discuss it on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Football fans, call your own plays during the NFL playoffs with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forest Casino, America's number one sportsbook. Because when you bet NFL same-game parlays from now through January 16th, all customers get up to $100 in free bets, win or lose. All you have to do is place a total of $20 or more on NFL same-game parlay or same-game parlay bets during the wild round. The more you bet, the more you get back in free bets. NFL same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a larger payday. All right, let's build one here for Wild Card Weekend. I'm going to go with San Diego. Now I'm I'm saying San Diego. Los Angeles to win their game. I'll take them minus one and a half on the road in Jacksonville. I'll go in an anytime touchdown score for their running back, Austin Eckler. And let's go with an interception for the Jacksonville quarterback. Build your own or choose one of the popular same game parlays. Pre-built for you in Fandle's top-rated sportsbook. Fandle Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. New to Fandle Sportsbook, you can also get up to $100 of free bets, win or lose, when signing up. Promo code Gilio. That's promo code G-I-G-L-I-O. I really like the Fandle app. Make every moment more with Fandle, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. We will get to a gigantic Sixers win. Tonight. I don't mean by the, the team they played. It wasn't that important. But uh, how they won and the score they put up. We'll get to that in a few minutes here. But I want to mention this because I think there's an assumption, and I have it, that Brandon Graham will be back on the Eagles next year. He's had an incredible comeback season. He's not done. I mean, obviously, the way he's played this year, he's not finished. And I think it probably matters to him to break the Eagles record in terms of games played. He, he can get there next year. We've got to look up how many games he needs. But he's on the precipice of playing more games in an Eagles uniform than anyone ever. So I thought this was interesting. Um, and he was on Angel this morning. Listen to this back and forth with the idea of, you know, if the Eagles win it, could he go out on top? Here's Brandon Graham and Angelo. Would you be more inclined to retire on top? Would that have any effect on your decision on whether to keep playing? Man, it's funny you saying all that, man. Wifey asked me the same question. And you know what? Let's let's win it first, then I'll talk to you. <laughs> How about this? Good. I'm thinking the same way your wife is. That's very nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's cool, though, man, because yeah. uh, you done no matter what after this year. You ain't even want to talk to me about it. <laughs> so I know you done. <laughs> I know you through, because I was going to say, man, let's, let's let's run it back, man, if uh, we win it, if we win it all. Well, I like that at the end. Let's run it back if we win it all. Um, I, I hadn't really thought about this. I, I guess finality starts coming when we get closer to it, you know, when the game is played. I hadn't thought about this, but, like, the next time they play and then the next time after, right, we're, we're in the postseason now, it's elimination, it's over, we could be watching the final games for some legendary Eagles. And, and we hope it's the Super Bowl, right? Go out on top, but I think it's an assumption Jason Kelsey is going to retire. Maybe maybe he's not. I mean, he could, could go back again and change his mind. But I think the way that he was part of the Cam Jurgens draft pick, the way he talked, the way he announced his, his comeback for this year, I think this is it. 
So maybe this is the end for Jason Kelsey whenever their next loss or the Super Bowl comes. Could be the end for Fletcher Cox. Brandon Graham didn't – I mean, he didn't dismiss that out of hand. I mean, I think he's going to come back. But we could be seeing the end for some of these guys that have been – I mean, they're Eagles Hall of Famers. They're legends. They were part of the, the first Super Bowl here. Maybe another. But that feels like it's not being talked about because we assume they're going to win at least the first game. Yeah, right. The postseason hasn't even started yet, and there's an assumption that there will be more than one game being played at, at Lincoln Financial Field. But it is interesting because Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, even Fletcher Cox, if you want to throw him in, they survived like four regime changes. I know, it's crazy. Right? Like they were Andy Reid guys, then they were Chip Kelly guys, and then they were Doug Peterson people. And now they're Nick Sirianni guys. I mean, I think it says a lot about their character and how much the team values them, the fact that. They were never cast aside by any coaching group. And there were times where it seemed like it was obvious. I mean, Fletcher Cox, mm-hmm. this offseason, was released and came back You know, two days later. Jason Kelsey, the year before they won the Super Bowl, there were a lot of trade rumors that mm-hmm. he was going to go to New Orleans in exchange for Mark Ingram. That seemed like it was a done deal. Brandon Graham, when Chip Kelly got here, he was cast as a square peg in a round hole. They thought there was no way he would survive here with that defense going to a 3-4. Yeah, I mean, and you know what they all are? They're all Eagles, right? They're not Andy Reid guys. They're not Chip Kelly guys. They're not Doug Peterson guys. They're not Nick Sirianni guys. They're Eagles. They're legendary Eagles that have been around forever uh, and and will be Eagles Hall of Famers, and we'll talk about those guys for the rest of their their lives. I mean, they're they're Eagles. Uh, The other thing about Brandon Graham, just specifically with with his conversation with Angelo, he did by the end kind of come back to let's win another one, but he is 10 behind David Akers for the most games played in Eagles history. If he didn't get hurt last year, remember he got hurt in week two against the 49ers, which is ironic that this this season within the postseason, right before the Super Bowl, could end with the Niners. That feels like a big full circle Brandon Graham story. You know what? I'm going to predict right now. Brandon Graham is going to make the game-winning play against the 49ers, Tucker. Let's remember this. It's a full circle Brandon Graham story. He had the Achilles injury against the 49ers. He's going to make the play to seal the win against the Niners. And you said that at 9.38 on January 10th. Yes. So we can go back and, and grab that later. We'll keep it. Uh, Brandon Graham will make the game-sealing play to, to beat the Niners in the NFC Championship game. Full circle for him as he got hurt last year. But he would have broke this record already. He, he would. I mean, yeah, well, there, there were, what, 14 games to go or something like that um, within the last season, 15 games to go last season when he got hurt in week two of the season. So he would have – he'd be the all-time Eagles – games leader if he had not gotten hurt last season he did he came back incredible comeback season 11 sacks and I hope he comes back next year I think it'd be pretty cool if he sets that record because you know as a first round pick you know when you're drafting the first round you kind of the hope and expectation is you do something big right and Brandon Graham there's no way he will retire with any sort of numbers that pop it's not a knock on his career, but how many career sacks does Brandon Graham have, if you had to guess? I'd guess 70? I would say 78. I'd, yeah, somewhere in the 70s feels reasonable for his career. Um, just just you know, kind of in my head thinking like six, seven, eight, nine, eight and a half, whatever he's been, now 11 this year. I would say 70, exactly. 70, yeah. So he has 70 sacks. He, he's not going to retire with any like, big sack number. I mean, how many more he's going to get? Five, seven next year, whatever. I'm like, nothing's going to pop statistically. You know what he has? He has the play in the Super Bowl to strip Tom Brady, and he could have – I mean, that's a cool stat. I, I think it's actually cooler than any sort of, sort of like round number. If I was if I was him, I'd rather have the most games played in Eagles history rather than, I don't know, 100 sacks. 
a bunch of players have 100 sacks. I mean, Trent Cole, I think, had 100 sacks. And obviously, you know, if you're a good defensive end for a long time, you could get to that kind of number. But that's if he gets to the most games played, that probably lasts forever. Or at least it's going to be hard for someone to break that. I mean, you got to play a long time, play a lot, stay durable. And, and like you were mentioning, like Tucker mentioned, you have to survive regime changes. That's hard. Yeah, and you have like he didn't miss a game for like a nine-year stretch, right? Right from his, his second year, I think, in twenty eleven or twenty twelve, up until last season when he tore his Achilles, he stayed healthy almost every game. I think he missed one game in twenty seventeen when they rested all the starters. Mm-hmm. And you look at the names that him and J.C. Kelsey and, and Fletcher Cox are around right now. I mean, David Akers is number one, but he was a kicker. But Brian Dawkins is number two. Harold Carmichael's three. Then you have Graham, Kelsey, Cox, and then you know Benaric, Trey Thomas. You have guys who are, you know, when you talk about the greatest Eagles of all time and, and players who, when you say Philadelphia Eagles, those are the names that come to mind. They are. The, the only player I could see down the line potentially doing anything like this is if Jalen Hurts stayed healthy. He took the job at a very young age, right? He was 23 when he became the starter. Now he's already shown he's gotten banged up in the last two years. So he's missed a game and he missed two games. That That obviously will impact things. But if he if he ended up as this team's quarterback into his thirties, he'd and there's now a seventeen game season, he'd have a real chance to pull something like that off. He's got to play for a long time, which we got to wait to see that. But you would think he's going to be around the next five years at least, so he's probably going to get to the one hundred game mark like by accident. He's already at forty five. He just passed Javon Curse. You is, think that's why Javon Curse was at the pregame show? Is Jalen Hurts is passing him? For 337th in Eagles game played. Javon, we need to get your reaction to this. Uh, you're being passed by Jalen Hurts today as the, uh, on the all-time Eagles. So he's had 45 games played? Yes. Uh, let's say five-year contracts times 17 is how many games? Uh, 68, 7, 85? Five, 17 times 5 is 85? Yes. How many games are we going to say he's going to miss over the next five years? 10? 10 feel reasonable? Yeah, I would say like 75. So feels like a reasonable number. 75 plus 45 is... One, uh, one twenty. Yes. All right. So he gets five year contract and he plays most of it. He's going to be at one twenty. I mean, the record's one eighty. Right. So like he he has a chance if he if he's their quarterback for a very long time. He he's one of those players that ever have a chance. But he's got to stay healthy and play here beyond the next contract. Uh, and we shall see about that. All right. How about this? I mean, not that we thought this game would be particularly. Um, close, but it was what I was watching for tonight, sponsored by Xfinity Mobile. Xfinity Mobile, the sponsor of WIP's Xfinity Mobile Lounge, a different kind of mobile network designed to save you money. Well, if you bet on the Sixers tonight, they made you money. 147 to 116. Their most points scored in the game since 2019. I don't remember the game in 2019 that scored over 147. I mean, I, I I believe the statistic. I just I don't remember the game. 147 to 116 tonight. Two things that stood out to me as, as I was watching during the show and uh, now checking out the box score. Everyone got in tonight. Tonight's a night. Everyone plays. I mean, Niang, House, Reed, Harold, Thibel, Milton, Corkmaz, Melton, Springer. I mean, Springer had 10 points off the bench tonight. Oh, they recalled him today, if you can believe it. Well, I, maybe they knew they needed a, some bodies to get some minutes. Jaden Springer, 10 points tonight, 4 of 4 shooting. What a night. The crazy part is they didn't shoot the lights out from three-point range, usually in the NBA, and we see it like once a night. You know, a team will score a crazy amount of points. I think, was it last week or two weeks ago, 
the Thunder score like 150 on the uh, the Celtics. This happens like I'd say once a week. Someone scores like this. But usually when you look at those games or watch those games or see the box scores, they had a crazy three-point shooting night. Like, I don't know, they hit 50% of 53s. Like, oh, there's all your points. The Sixers really didn't shoot otherworldly from three tonight. They were 11 of 31, 35%. Isn't that kind of normal? That's, that's a normal NBA night. Here's what they did do. They shot 60% from the field. So, I mean, that's a remarkable amount of two-point – I mean, their two-point percentage must have been insane – if they shot 60% in total, but 31% from three. They also made 28 of 30 free throws. They shot 93% from the the line, 60.7% from the field. And I have to imagine, I mean, obviously, Tucker, we're doing the show here. I I wasn't watching every second. But I have to imagine the Pistons gave them little resistance tonight on the defensive end. Yeah, I mean, you look offensively, Embiid was 12 of 20. Harden was 6 of 7. Harris was 6 of 6. The only one who had an off shooting, I was like Cork Mons, who was one of four. I mean, and PJ Tucker, although he made two shots, which is an improvement over what he normally does. But you're right. I mean, this is a game where we've talked about at times what the Sixers' ceiling is, what to expect from them when they're kind of clicking on all cylinders. And I think this was it. Embiid had 36 points in 24 minutes, 11 rebounds. Harden had a triple double with 15 assists, and Maxi had 16 points on 11 shots. So it seems to shoot a little better than one of four from three, but. If that's what's happening, and obviously you need to play against better teams than the Pistons, that's how this team goes deep into the postseason. Well, it is, yeah. And and then the other thing tonight that I think is is a major factor, and I'm double-checking here to make sure I was right on Yeah. So here's what I – actually, here's my favorite thing about the game tonight when you kind of look at it all. They were able to get their guys off their feet. Harden, 26 minutes. Embiid, 24 minutes. Maxi, 23 minutes. I mentioned last week, James Harden, I still think he, because he missed time, he doesn't qualify in the leaderboards. But I believe if you look at his, his minutes per game, he's number one in the NBA. One or two. He's like 37 or 38. It's nuts. I mean, for a guy his age with his leg issues he's had the last couple of years, and I know Doc said today this is the best version they've seen of Harden in a Sixers uniform. I agree with him. I mean, I think Harden, I mean, he's had double, triple-double in back-to-back games. James Harden's playing good basketball. And he had the, the nice defensive effort last week against the Pacers. He's playing. This is the best he's looked as a sixer. But I, I'm cons- I want to see Harden at his best in May. Like, I don't care about January, you know, against the Pistons. Getting them off their feet, that, they haven't been able to do that as much as they want to this season. It's good. It is good. And we've seen James Harden play well, right? Like, with the Nets, people forget he was an MVP candidate that January yep. when he first got there until he, he hurt his hamstring and was kind of out of shape for like a year and a half. Everything needs to go right for this team in the postseason. We've seen Embiid score 36 in January. We've seen Harden put up triple doubles. It's going to come down to whether or not they can get out of the second round if we truly believe in this team moving forward. Yeah, and and I think it's they're they're, they're Phillies ish in that they have a like there's talent here, right? The, the Phillies had talent. Like when the the depth gets shorter, this team has the star power to compete. Like they're one, two, three, when healthy, when clicking. You could really put up against any team in the Eastern Conference. And that's why I brought up the Phillies, because we always said that about the Phillies, like hard, like their best hitters, right? They had three or four guys that could, that could be part of a series like that. They had two top starting pitchers. It just was like, could they rise to the moment? And, and, and they did. I mean, this year's Phillies team obviously did. And I'm actually looking forward to the road trip coming up. So the Sixers have a home game Thursday against the uh, Thunder. And then they go on a West Coast swing. I, I feel like we're going to learn something, because it, it feels like this schedule's been light for a while. I mean, credit to them. They've padded it up, right? They're 25 and 15 now. 
But it's just tough to have takeaways when you play the Pistons in back-to-back games. Like, what am I learning? Yeah, nothing. They're better than the Pistons. So they go on the road now, starting... They have the game uh, against the Oklahoma City Thunder on Thursday. And then they'll go on the road. They have a five-game West Coast trip. Okay, and that those games will be at Utah, at the Lakers, at the Clippers, at Portland, at Sacramento. Now, it's not exactly the top of the Western Conference, right? It's not Denver and, and, and Memphis, but... The Clippers are in the middle of the pack in, in the playoff field. Sacramento, middle of the pack in the playoff field. Um, and then you go down, and Utah has been – they start off well, and then they kind of fall back. But they've been an, about an average team all year. And the Lakers, they're 19-22 and 22 and actually playing better basketball six out of their last ten. So none of, not, there's no gimme, right? There's not one gimme on the road trip, and Portland is in that last playoff spot. So the, the worst teams they're facing are like fringy playoff teams – and then two teams are in the middle there. This will be a test. Five straight West Coast road games. If they go, I mean, I'll take three and two on a five-game West Coast trip. I mean, they're better than all five of these teams, but I'll take three and two. Do you care to guess who the starters were the last time the Sixers scored 147 points? Because I found the box score, and it is wild. It was 2019. It was tw- January of 2019, if that helps. January 20- So I'm trying to p- picture, like, were we in this studio? No. I don't even think we were working together yet because I came in September of 2019. Oh, so January. Okay, this is right after the Eagles lost the Saints. Yes. Okay. We're right around that time. Eagles play the double doink year and the Saints year. All right. So I'm trying to think of what was that rendition of the Sixers. Obviously coached by Brett Brown. That was Jimmy? Yes. Okay. All right. So so we're in that year. He was just traded here uh, in November. So Jimmy Butler was a starter, obviously. Joel healthy? I guess he's yes. got to be. So Jimmy, Joel, Tobias. No, Tobias wasn't here for another month. He wasn't here yet. They traded for him in February of that year. Yes, at the deadline. So who was around that? Ben. Right. So Ben, Jimmy, uh, were a year before any Horford nonsense. No, I'm, uh, who was? Who were the other two starters? J.J. Redick. Oh, okay. And I think if I gave you a million guesses, you would never even remember this guy was on the six. So this was a two-guard or a forward? He was a forward. He played the four that night. So the four. This is a year after Ilyasova, right? He's not here anymore. Yeah, this guy was signed in the offseason, made 32 starts, and then was a part of the Tobias Harris trade. I remember them trading the Miami pick for Tobias, right? He was part of that deal. Wasn't was that the pick was the part of that deal? Yeah, it was this guy, it was Landry Shaman, and the Miami pick. I'm going to say, oh, how did I forget the name when you tell me? Who was it? It was Wilson Chandler. Oh, wow. I forgot about the Wilson Chandler era. Me too. He averaged nine points a game as a sixer. I kind of liked young Wilson Chandler. Nick and uh, Nugget? Yeah, Nick Nuggets, and then he came here uh in 2018 2019 was that it traded to the clippers was he done now he's in china playing uh he finished with brooklyn the following season okay i mean just wilson chandler strikes me as the kind of guy that could end up in china scoring 25 points a game in his mid-30s it just has that kind of that feel to his career all right so 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 who they played that night was it uh they played minnesota a bad timberwolves team yeah sarge came off the bench for them had 11 points oh that was probably the first game jimmy played the, the wolves yeah after, uh, after you know, kind of lighting the place on fire on his way out. So it's been... Wiggins shot 4 or 14 for 12 points, if you wonder who was guarding wow. him. Wow, well, he's, he's certainly in a better place now, Andrew Wiggins, as, as, as part of the Warriors. So it's been four years, basically four exact years the Sixers scored. Well, I mean, here's the good news. 
that team, now they added a, a Tobias a, a month later, that was the best Sixers team we've seen in the last four years, the one that gave us the most title hope, right? That, that was their ceiling. They had that kind of hope and obviously lost in game seven to the uh, the Raptors. All right, big Sixers win tonight, at least by points. Blew the doors off of the Pistons. We're back tomorrow night. we got a lot to talk about here as uh, I'm sure more on on uh, this this playoffs coming up this weekend, but also Gannon, Steichen, and, and what they could be losing. We're going to talk about that tomorrow night. Jody Mack has your next couple great guests on tap for Jody. What is the show starting in a few minutes right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.